It's time for episode 20 of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this week is a great one because I've got the two creators behind By the Horns, who has just gotten some great news. Let's start out with, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, by the story and direction guy, and that's Marcuson Nasso. How are you doing, Mark? Hey, Wayne. Do you go by Mark? Doing great. Marcusan or Marcusan? Uh, no, I go by Marcusan, Mar- actually. Marcusan. Okay, we'll stick with that. And then we've got the art, lettering, and design person. That's Jason Muir. How you doing, Jason? Hey, Wayne. Thanks for having us. It's good to talk with you guys. And we, we got really great news today for you guys, and that was that your issue number one is going to a second printing. And that's always good news. That means the first one sold real well, and there's demand for more. So uh, what was your reaction, Marcusan, when you heard that? I was delighted, you know, it's, uh, you, you make a comic book because you're passionate about the story and I enjoy working with Jason and Andre on it, you know, and you hope people are going to respond to it positively, but you don't really, you don't really know. So for the book to sell out and go to a second printing is just really cool, really amazing for the, for the series, for us. Um, for Scout, you know, first time uh, working with Scout, so we can't couldn't be more happy. And you, Jason, what was your reaction? Same as Mark's son. It's it's exciting. I mean, you you spend so much time creating a, a comic. I mean, you create it with your creative partners, but then a lot of it is done by yourself in your office. You know, whether you're writing it, whether you're drawing with it, drawing it. So um, knowing that the public is embracing it is great, and I feel like it's selling out is a pretty uh, clear clear indicator that um, you know people are digging it. And that's that's the goal. It, it's such a great book. I really enjoyed it. I've had a chance to read issue one and issue two, and I love both of them. Uh, as we were talking a little bit before we started to record, I love a very strong female lead, and you have one of the best in here. And let me read. Thanks, let me read the description uh, as it is in the email about the the, the second printing. And uh, I got to make sure. I, if I mispronounce something, please let me know. <laughs> I'm terrible with beautiful names. I'm really just awful with them. And I think it's Elodie Hates Unicorns. That's the female lead. For nearly a year, she's dedicated her life to tracking down and killing them, all for trampling her husband Shintaro. Now exiled from her farming village of Wayfarer for selfishly neglecting her duties, Elodie and her half-wolf, half-deer companion, Sajin, searched the continent of Seleuthus. And I'm probably butchering that one terribly. <laughs> That's Solithus. Solithus. Okay, for clues to the whereabouts of unicorns. When they discover a lead in the port city of Lycus, is, is that right? Lycus? Yeah. Okay, their revenge mission suddenly takes a dangerous turn. Just like pronouncing the names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love beautiful names like that. I just pronouncing them as a thing I don't do well so uh, yeah, it's always a great challenge to do those kind of things so I've got to ask uh, how did this book come to be Marcus and did you come up with the concept and then Jason came on did the two of you do it together how did that happen um, yeah I had the concept but Jason and I we were working on Voracious and we wanted to work on another project together and so he's like well what other ideas do you have so I sent him a bunch of ideas and um well, this was one of them that I had. But with our projects, uh, when I come up with the initial concept, you know, Jason and I are equal partners on everything. So um, we sit down. I think for that one, we had beers down in Chicago when I, when I lived near Chicago and uh, had lunch. And then we just talked about the concept and what we wanted to see in it and what Jason wanted to draw, um, things that I wanted to to do with the characters. 
so we could just kind of get an idea of what we would like to do with by the horns and then once we do that kind of thing um jason will start working on character designs because we discuss like what the characters might look like and then i'll start working on scripts and then we come back and talk about it again so we we work very closely together on our projects Super cool. That's really cool. I, I, I want to talk with Jason about the art in just a minute, but uh, my understanding is, Marcus, there's a real life Elodie uh, that uh, this mm-hmm. is that this is character is named after somebody. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, my my very best friend in the, in the world, uh, Josh, um, who I've known since uh, high school. Um, his daughter, his first daughter's name is Elodie, mm-hmm. and uh, she's an adorable little uh, blonde girl. And uh, I don't have kids, so when I was doing it, when I was doing this, I was like, I, I really would like to dedicate it to her. I want to do something special for my friend. You know, she's starting to grow up. I want to have a strong female lead that eventually, when she's old enough, she could read the book and, and hopefully relate to and um, something she can look back on as a, a you know, a, a gift that I that I gave her as her. Uh, I consider myself an uncle because Josh and I are that close. I consider him a, a brother. So, very cool, very cool. Now, uh, why is it called by the horns? Um, well, I mean, it's, wow, there's a lot of different reasons. Well, there's unicorns in that, and um, I don't, I don't want to give away what happens in issue two. Um, but the horns themselves come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, Elodie hunts all kinds of uh, creatures with horns. But it's also really about life. You know, it, the book is really centered around loss. So um, I wanted to do something that had that idea, that concept of what life should be. Like, should you, when you take life by the horns. For Elodie, you know, she's dedicated to just eradicating unicorns. But um, all the characters have something in their life that they need to follow or um, get over. So I thought By the Horns kind of worked on a lot of different levels. I just like the way it sounded, too. Okay. Now, one, one more question, and I'll get to Jason here. Uh, I, the girl wants to kill unicorns. Do you know how different that is? Most girls want to ride unicorns and have fun with unicorns and go through <laughs> pastures with unicorns. But your character, very different. I find that that was really interesting. I uh, you know, the whole notion that somebody wants to go around and kill a unicorn, that is creative. I've never heard of that before. So how did you come up with that idea? That was a great one. Well, yeah. I mean, you always think of uh, unicorns as these elusive, magical, good creatures. You know, what happens if they did something bad? You know, what happens if that was flipped? And I had never seen it before. And so um, I just thought that would be an interesting start, a good way to um, kind of promote the book, a good premise that people could grab onto. I'm like, I don't, how do I wrap my head around that? She wants to kill unicorns, aren't they? Aren't they beautiful creatures with rainbows and, and magic? So I like that idea. I, I just thought it would be different and intriguing for people. Because, um, you know, you could pick a different kind of a character, but it wouldn't have the same impact, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But it, and there's also a mystery to the book, and you don't really know um, how the characters are going to act or, or what the the unicorns have done. or And um, it kind of feeds into it because you think of them as these just, like, amazingly great, kind creatures. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now, Jason, I, I've, I, there's only one word I can use to describe the art. It's stunning. It just is absolutely beautifully done. I, I just uh, thank you very much. All of the, the 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 I always judge comics by two things: by facial expressions and by action sequences. How do they do? And on the facial expressions in particular, you do a beautiful job of making the people breathe and live. To me, uh, Elodie in particular, I think she, uh, her look is really, really quite beautiful. Really great about that. And even uh, I'm going to get to this in just a minute. But but the the animals who are they have human characteristics. Even they, you, we can tell the expression in their faces and stuff, what, what they're feeling and stuff. So I just have to say that is a beautiful job on that. That's a tough thing to accomplish. And I think you did it super well. Oh, thank you very much. I, yeah, that is one of the challenges of the book. I actually joked with Marcus on um, about a month or so back. I'm, I'm like, I just realized we're doing like a talking animal book, and I didn't <laughs> didn't put it together until a couple issues in because um, as the series goes along, Elodie's kind of hunting party grows, and she gets more companions. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but um, yeah, there are quite a few talking animals in the book, and yeah, that is definitely one of the most challenging things is – you know, I'll get something in the script that says, like, the unicorn looks bashful. And you're like, why well, is the unicorn supposed to look bashful? So, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, and you don't want to you don't want to go crazy with the expressions. You don't want them to look like Disney characters. Mm-hmm. But they have to have a little bit of heightened reality to them. So, you know, you do a lot of acting with their paws and, you know, their ears. And, yeah, that's definitely one of the challenges of the book. But, um, yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I, I, I gravitate towards books that have um, really strong uh, facial acting. So that's one of the things I try to do with my art as well. Now, before we started to record, you and I were talking about one of the great, interesting little surprises in this book. Uh, when I looked at By the Horns number one, I noticed that the uh, the masthead has what looks to be a unicorn and a cobra on the two sides facing each other. And then when I looked at issue two, I said, wait a second. That's not the same animals on there. You've got, I think this is the half wolf, half deer on the one side, and it looks like a dragon on the other side. So I, I, I had to ask you, and you were telling me that uh, it looks like there's going to be some interest. That, that even that's going to be an interesting little element that you have in mind. Why don't you talk to people about that? Uh, yeah, that's just like a little fun Easter egg. We uh, early on, I had this idea that uh, we should change the logo with every issue and incorporate. And whatever whatever creature appears in that issue prominently. Um, one of the things about our book is there's a ton of creatures. Uh, along the way, Elodie's hunting tons of creatures on her quest. She goes on a quest, but along the way, they just interact with all the creatures on the continent. So, um, I mean, it's so many creatures that we actually almost can't show them. Um, multiple issues will have, like, a little map in it, and it kind of just shows you some of the creatures she killed along the way. You don't actually see her killing some of these creatures. Uh, they're just marked off on the map, and Mark Sun writes a fun little backstory for each creature, what their what their powers are and where you find them on the continent and what kind of environments they live in. So, yeah, yeah that was just, like, fun. a fun little Easter egg thing we want to really incorporate in the book because that one of the influences in the book was kind of, you know – old D&D manuals where they'd just be bursting with all these interesting creatures that you might encounter along your way on your journey, and uh, we wanted to just work that into the concept. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. It's very well done. Now, on the same subject, Marcus Sound, though, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of people look at these kinds of books and they always want explanations. How did the, the, the animal take over a shop and all this kind of stuff, and how did this happen and stuff? <laughs> you don't go that route thankfully. I, I, I would rather that we just drop into the world like we do with yours 
and they are there, and we just accept it and move on. Is that the way you approach these animal uh, characters? Yeah, I mean, I think I approach that for the whole book in general. Um, when, you, when you get a video game or something like that, you just kind of get dropped into that world. You're immersed in it. And that, in Elodie's on a journey. She hasn't really left Wayfair, so you're kind of following her and seeing what she sees um, in the the realm of, of Solithus. So I didn't want to get bogged down by a lot of like explanation of why this has happened or why that's happened over the course of the series. You know, you, we may get some more of that um, as it unfolds. But um, but yeah, it's, it is weird, especially for fantasy. People always want like a deep explanations about why the world is the way it is. But in other genres, like if you did a noir crime book, you don't always get an explanation of why the world is the way it is or who's doing what, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, but fantasy people seem to expect that. And I think that's good because people want to be immersed. They want to know everything they can about it. But, you know, I just kind of want to focus on the characters and some of the action and uh, and the story elements without without really getting bogged down in that. Now, a running gag that takes place in the first book that made me laugh is soup. They talk about she talks about taking uh, like a, a animal's head and making soup with it, and mm-hmm. then as they go along, they st- as, as she's being kicked out of the the the, the, the group, they, they, she says, "Well, do you, is it you don't like my soup?" And she says, "Well, I really hate your soup." The, the guy goes, and so there's this soup thing going on. I I got a huge kick out of that. Is that uh, where did that come from? As far as like writing that into the story, is that is there somebody you know that has trouble with soup but still wants to make it, or how did that become part of this? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, it was the first thing I thought of, actually. <laughs> so, no, it's not really based on anything. When I thought about um, Elodie killing uh, unicorns and other monsters, and the fact that she's in this village and she's just not doing what she's supposed to be doing to help out, I thought, well, what, what would she do if she's just killing these monsters? She's got to do something to try to appease them. So why not make monster head soup? And I just like the image of a, of a whole head in, in, a, in the soup. Um, so that's why it just came about because I just thought it would be it's just a fun image mm-hmm. and just something that Elodie would do and it wouldn't be very good at it because she doesn't really care about making food or doing other things in the village she just wants to take out these monsters well some of the businesses in there are, are hilariously named there's one that says fertility something and it doesn't tell us what I can't read the whole thing on the one I guess that that's a good thing <laughs> And then there's another one that's Bucket of Blood, looks like, mm-hmm. which I got to I, I love the names of stuff. In, the, in, in fantasy, you can do those kinds of things, thankfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. I mean, did you have fun coming up with the names of that? Yeah, well, we'll Jason wanted to do a whole map. And so all the territories on the map, well, almost all of them are named after metal bands because I'm really into heavy metal. I'm on a heavy metal podcast. Okay. So Solithus, Wayfarer. Chemists, Lycus, they're all metal bands. Mm. Um, so I wanted to give a kind of a nod to the things that I love. Uh, Bucket O' Blood is a record store and sci-fi um, book store uh, combined in Chicago that I loved. I, I love the people there, and uh, they sell a lot of heavy metal, a lot of old-school uh, sci-fi and fantasy books. Um, I used to get a lot of Conan stuff. and Yeah, we actually uh, signed there, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I, I, I love uh, Bucket of Blood, and um, so I wanted to give them a little bit of a nod 
as well. And I just thought it would be a good name for for that that butcher shop where you could bring all kinds of weird animals and creatures like the dragon whale and and that. Um, the one that you mentioned, the fertility, I think Jason just kind of came up with that one. Sometimes Jason will just uh, throw something in there. Um, I do name a lot of things, but Jason loves to put little Easter eggs in there, like people that we know, or mm-hmm. he'll come up with a little name. Or In Voracious, when we did that, he would put things on people's shirts and I always love that. He always adds something extra. I, I love how he puts the, the, the detail into his artwork. Mm-hmm. That's really great. Speaking of which, one of the things we do... Well, gosh. Uh, okay, we, she wants to kill unicorns, so I think it's pretty well accepted. We're going to get to see a unicorn at some point. Mm-hmm. And we do. I, I don't think it's going to spoil a lot to say that we do in the first issue. Jason, talk about designing a unicorn. Because there's some really interesting elements to the visuals of the unicorn that I thought are in there. Like the, the horn is, is really different. The colors are kind of different. Talk about designing a unicorn. Um, yeah, so the unicorns are very important in the book um, going forward. Yes, you do see a unicorn at the end of issue one, and they definitely become important characters moving forward. Uh, yeah, I was just trying to come up with something different for a unicorn. I mean, they're such a – sometimes when I design stuff – you know, you go with your first instinct, and you're like, all right, there's a unicorn. It's exactly what a unicorn looks like. And then i got to take a step back and go, like, mm, can I do something with this? Is there something here? So, um, yeah, our unicorns um, – so, like Markson said, the horns of the of the creatures in our book uh, have an important role to play, which will be revealed in issue two. So I want to make sure those horns uh, felt substantial and felt like they could really do some damage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, our unicorns, their horns are kind of um, – Sort of like almost taking over their whole face a little bit, like the bones kind of protrude and the the horn flows down into their uh, like basically around their orbital socket. But it makes it really seem like um, they could really do some damage with them if they wanted to. And you know, I, I try to give the unicorns all different horns, whether they're kind of like swirly or more jagged or do something different. As you see more unicorns, you'll see more horn shapes. So try to do something to, to set them apart so our unicorns look unique. Well, I also like the dragon whale. I thought that looked pretty cool. One of the things I noticed about the dragon whale is inside its mouth, there's like a glowing. That's the dragon part, I suppose. The the uh, uh, does it blow, shoot fire out? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> some of these creatures only appear in like uh, one or two panels, so you know you could throw something in there, and you don't really need to um, flesh it out that much as as much as it just looks cool. Okay. Um, in my mind, the dragon whale, yeah, it has some kind of energy power. Mm-hmm. You know, all our all our creatures probably have some sort of um, mode of self self defense. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they yeah. spit something or can shoot quills or have energy powers. Uh, yeah, they're all dangerous. Everything she she encounters along the way is dangerous in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I came up with a dragon whale idea, I, I thought it would have some kind of energy or fire, so it would shoot it out on a on prey and like melt it and then eat it. That's that was how I, I pictured it happening. Wow. Well, now, I do want to, Jason, get back to the cover of issue one, which I found, or at least uh, the, the cover that I saw. It's got uh, Elodie's sitting on, on the top of a pile of what looks like dead monsters. Yes. And what she's holding in her hand interested me. You know, it's called By the Horns, and what has she got in her hand? Obviously, she must have used to, uh, at least part of the, the battle with these creatures is a unicorn horn. 
And, yes. and the expression on her face is funny. It's sort of like, yeah, want to say something or want to make something of this kind of a look on her face. It's really, really nicely done. I, I thought that it, to get to understand her character right away, we know from the cover who this person is. I thought that was really superbly done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we were trying to communicate with it, you know. You want to engage the viewer. I feel like the cover, especially for number one, has to tell the entire story in one image, which can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, she's looking right at the viewer. You know, she's making eye contact with you. you. You know exactly who this character is, I feel like, and what she's all about and kind of the direction of the story and all the elements all in one, one image. Well, it's cool, too, because Jason, whenever we do covers, he'll draw like lots of different thumbnails of covers. He always comes up with like six, seven ideas for covers. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't as keen on that one to begin <laughs> with. I had to lobby for that one because I just felt like it captured everything where her sitting on it. I, I thought it was just stellar. She's on the head. She's holding the horn. Mm-hmm. The, the book is very focused on Elodie. So um, I don't always lobby for covers. Because Jason does so many good ones, and usually the one that he really wants to do is the one I also like too. But that one in particular, I thought, just kind of captured that first issue uh, the best. It's terrific. It really is not. Of course, Jason. One more question: Is that is Elodie based on anybody you know? Is she? Uh, it's, it's, it, was she created out of your imagination? Is it a combination of that? How did you come up with her look? Um, yeah, she's not really based on anyone. I mean. Usually when I'm designing characters, I'll kind of cast them in my mind. I'll use attributes usually from actors, you know, like, oh, I think this actor, the build of this actor, maybe the nose of this actor. But, um, yeah, no one in particular, just some elements I toss together. I I mean, I think just the main thing is to make sure they look consistent. And, you know, even if they're, like, out of their costume, you can still tell it's it's that character. Yeah, no one in particular. Very good. Well, it's she's gorgeous. <laughs> she know. reminds me of Alexa Bliss from uh, WWE wrestling. Uh, okay, uh, I don't know that person, so <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, You'll take a, a look. Bit right? I, I think she's got a little bit of, of Charlize Theron in her too. She's kind of mm-hmm. like tall and lanky, very cool. athletic. Now, of course, we got the announcement that the uh, second printing of issue one has come out. Uh, the date, and you guys can fill us in, the date when that is going to come out. Uh, see, the first issue has already been out. The, the second printing of the first issue, uh, I believe uh, you guys told me, is uh, the 19th of May, a Wednesday. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. So the second printing comes out the 19th of May, and then issue two drops one week after that on the 26th. That's good So time. if you missed out on the first issue, you can get it on the 19th, and then... Come back to the comic shop the, the next week and get the second issue. That'll be cool. It's really great stuff. Now, what can you tell people about issue two? Well, before I get to that, though, let me ask one more question. How many issues are there in uh, By the Horns? There's seven issues. Seven issues. Okay, so we got this will be two. So, uh, okay. Originally six issues, but Mark San's imagination <laughs> was growing too big. <laughs> well. To, uh, to add another issue, and so it expanded to seven. Well, that's but good. It it's a, the the issue we added is I think an important component to the story. Very cool. Yeah, it was actually originally seven issues, and then we we cut it back because, you know, just we didn't know how it was going to do, and you know, Jason when he has to draw, he's got he's you know it takes him a month to do an issue. He's fast, but mm-hmm. it still takes him a month. He's he needs to be able to do uh, paid projects and do other things, and mm-hmm. um, but I could not get 
one issue out of my head. I just kept dreaming about it over and over and over. And I actually wrote in my head. And then um, at, at one point, I was like, all right, I, I don't, I have to do this issue. So I just wrote it down. And I actually wrote it out in like a day, which is pretty fast for me. Mm-hmm. And then sent it to Jason, hoping he'd be all right with it. And he was, you know, perfectly fine with it. And um, yeah, it's, it's crucial to the book. I thought we could get away without that issue, but but we need it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's now the new number six, and then the um, number seven was the one that we were, had slated for six. Very yeah, cool. when readers get to that issue, they'll know which issue it is. It's it's kind of a different tone than the other issues. It's complementary and definitely works with the story, but it's got its own unique tone and voice to it. Now, I, I, one thing I want to say, I think you can say without giving anything away, is that number two has a lot of great action, just like the first issue. Lots of things going on and, and, and mystical, magical elements taking place. It really is fun to read. I really, I, It's such a good book. I, I really have enjoyed it. The, the first one's great, and boy, when you get number two, you're going to love the series even more. I think it's just terrific the way you guys have put this together. Just, just, I mean, the, the marriage of script and art is just perfect on that. I, I can't, you know, when you can't tell where one ends and the other begins, that's a great, uh, match, and that's the way Thanks, this book Brad. is. It's just beautiful how it comes together, and I love fantasy, and I love strong female leads. So you had me right at the beginning, and it's even better as I get along. I get more and more engrossed in it. It's just a, a well-told story with lots of fun. See, a female lead, I don't know what she's going to do. Guy leads. If this had been <laughs> a guy, I would say, yeah, I know what he's going to do. He's going to fight the creatures. He's going to beat him. He's going to stand on. You know, when she sits on them in the, in the initial cover and says standing on them like a guy would do. I got right away. I said, "Okay, I don't know what's coming." (laughs) (laughs) We pride that in our books. I I felt that we did that with Voracious. You didn't really know what to expect, and um, I don't think people are going to know what to expect and buy the horns either. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we start with a mystery right away in the book, but um, the choices the characters make and how they interact, I don't, I don't think people will will see it coming. I love that. I love a good surprise. I love something that, that uh, as I go along, I don't know what's going to happen next. It's a page turner for me. That's the way this book is. So, and, and the good news is the sales warrant that too. I mean, obviously we're getting a second printing of issue number one. That's a good sign for the future of this book. And we've got seven issues, which will be lots of fun to read. So, uh, so this this will be coming out at the end of May. We'll get the the second edition of the first one on May 19th, then you get the second issue a week later. So you want to make sure you get to your the local stop, shops on those days for sure, because you want to be able to pick these good things up. Make sure you put them on your list too, on your pull list with those things. And I think this is a great book, and I, I, I just I, I hope there's more than just the seven issues coming. I, I have a feeling you guys have developed this world so well that there's there could be a lot more stories and uh, mm-hmm. by the Horn universe, so I think that was. No, we've talked about at least two more series after this. Wow! So Jason, so I have ideas for how I want to continue, and because um, there's things that we will touch on in the first series that uh, that need more uh, development, that could lead to something else. People will see that as it, as it goes, and then Jason just he's just having a, a blast drawing it i shouldn't talk to him but he's having a blast drawing it and uh he keeps sending me more ideas for like the future books like he's like i have this idea maybe we can incorporate this into the next one i was like all right so whenever he sends me ideas i always write all of them down and see if i can fit them within the story 
That's great. Well, that's a good sign, Jason. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the one of the great things about our book is um, the world that it inhabits is real big and very it's varied. So sometimes I'll come up with ideas like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we went into an environment like this, you know, or like fought a creature that lived in kind of this area. And yeah, luckily Mark's not writes them all down and tries to get to them. And <laughs> sometimes they're more abstract, abstract ideas, you know, mm-hmm. Very like, cool. you know, I want to have a fight underwater and you know, I'll see if you can make that work. Things wow. like that. I, I think the continent and the, the world is so big and creative. And, you know, as you can see in the first issue, there's there's magic elements, there's technology mm-hmm. elements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's shopkeep- there's red panda shopkeepers, and <laughs> I, I think we've built a world where, like, anything can happen, and it's not that, that far out of the realm of possibilities, which yep. is good. It's, it's a wonderful story. It's a, it's a great book. I, I, be sure to pick it up because, uh, you know, the, the sales is, it, like we keep saying, is warranted a second printing, which is always a great sign. So the, the future is bright for By the Horns. And if we want to keep up with you guys, let's see, J- uh, Jason, how do we do that on social media? How do we keep up with your stuff? I'm uh, on Twitter and Instagram, just Jason Muir. M-U-H-R, and my website's just jasonmuir.com. So those are primarily where you can find me. Okay, and how about you, Marcuson? Uh Yeah, I have a website. It's marcuson.com. It's M-A-R-K-I-S-A-N. And um, Darth Son on Twitter, uh, Darth Marcuson on Instagram. Uh, if you want to stay in the know about By the Horns, you can follow us on social media. Our handle there is By the Horns Comic on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on the Metalheads podcast, so you can go to metalheadspodcast.com and uh, we interview bands and uh, do reviews. We do uh, top fives and stuff like that. So that's really fun. And um, we talked about um, there's a there's a record for By the Horns as well uh, that we put out. Yeah. And uh, talk about that. How do you get that? You can go to skullfracturerecords.com. And um, there's all the links there. There's uh, three different color vinyls. It's an EP with two songs that are uh, based on uh, the By the Horns comic by a band called Arctic Sleep. And um, I wrote the titles for the songs. And then um, uh, my friend Keith, who's in Arctic Sleep, uh, did the music for it. And um, they're just amazing tracks. And there's three color vinyl, purple blue and orange um scout's got a uh, exclusive orange vinyl um the band has purple and then uh skull fracture records which is my label that i created to put the record out um has uh, has blue so um comes with a digital download and an exclusive cover um that jason did with a great colorist uh, named rico renzi who you might know has done a, a bunch of cool books like spider gwen mm. Now, a couple of other things we need to mention, too, which if you look at the scoutcomics.com website, you have a drinking horn and VHS variant combo, which I think is is really creative. What's that? Yeah, I mean, the the drinking horn is – well, we also have a mead, too, as well. (laughs) So the drinking horn came about because it's called By the Horns. Uh, There's unicorn horns in it. You know, what is the perfect merchandise for this book? Of course, it's a drinking horn. We even talk about her stopping to get meat or ale or something like that in there. So um, I want to do, I like to do really creative merchandise for our books. We, we did it with Voracious and I want to do it for this one as well. So uh, my friends at Brimminghorn Meadery, they, they made an awesome mead, which is a, a, a honey wine. Um, 
it has dragon fruit and vanilla in it. And um, so I've, I've known those guys for a little bit because uh, they have had their meads at metal shows that I've gone to. We've interviewed on the Metalheads podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of became friends uh, with John and JR, who are the owners, great guys. Mm-hmm. So they made the mead. Jason created an awesome new logo for the mead as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, they also, they have made mead horns in the past. So this place in India called Qureshi Brothers, um, they introduced me to the people over there. So the horns are real water buffalo horns. Mm. They're cleaned, cured, and sealed. And then uh, they have Elodie's um, horn skull logo that Jason came up with. It's hand-carved into the side of the horns. Mm. Um, So that's pretty cool. The only ones left are on Scout, because I had some, and they sold out. Horn had some, and they sold out. And then there's, I believe there's a few left. Mm-hmm. On the Scout website, but cool. cool. Now, of course, there's a couple of other things. You've got face masks, and T-shirts, and phone cases, and all kinds of creative uh, mugs. I like the white coffee mug; very uh, attractive. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of wonderful things. I think the, like I said, the future is very bright for by the horns. Be sure to get this book at your store. If you can't get it there, go to scoutcomics.com and go to the store there and you'll be able to get them. Well, I think you guys are doing wonderful stuff and I think uh, Marcusan and Jason, you guys, I, I can't wait to read the rest of the books. So, you know, keep up the wonderful work and I, I, we'll have to talk again in the future because it's a lot of fun with this book and great stories going on. So, uh, keep it up. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for having us on and we'll, we're happy to come back anytime. Yeah, definitely.